All right, so let's jump into um, chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting verse 1. And let me scroll. You're there? Not me. So. All right. It starts off with, therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slanders of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Here it says, rid of, clean. And he says, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk. You know, it's interesting how the writer starts off, he says, like newborn babies. Why does the writer dress the Christians like newborn babies? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, if you can just turn a page back, We'll figure out why he addresses the Christian as Christians as newborn babies. And this is really profound for me because I've read this passage plenty of times and, and I've kind of glazed over it. But it was an aha moment for me. And I'm going to read in the message translation. So it, it, it adds a different layer. It says, now that you have cleaned up your lives by following the truth... Love one another as if your lives depend on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old, li your old birth came from mortal sperms. Sperm. Yeah. I'm like, what? Your new birth comes from God's living word. Your new life comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's, that is why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. It's beauty as short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up, flowers droop. God's word goes on forever and ever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. It is God's word. It is us obeying God's word that we are conceived into a new life. And he says that the word of God will endure forever. But anyone that has not been born through God's word, will not endure forever. It was an aha moment for me. And so here the writer addresses the Christians like newborn babies. And so just like Elias was born to the Owens family, if, you have obey, if you've obeyed God's word, and what word is that? About salvation, this great salvation that Jesus came to preach that Jesus came to lay down his life for and to die, if we obey that, the promise is that we have a new life. Not of mortal birth, but of God. And to me, I thought, wow, how important is it 
for me to obey God's scriptures. That it is important that if I want to live forever, that is through his word. Amen? Amen. Like I said, the title for our sermon this morning is Born into a New Family. And it's not just, you know, a lot of people come to church and go, how do I become part of the church? How do I sign up for membership? And it's not about a membership. It's about obeying God's word. It's about going, man, what does God want me to do here? How? The question is, how, how can I join God's family? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, it says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. Cutting away of your sinful nature, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to a new life. See, becoming a member of this church isn't about membership. It's not how often you go through. It's not about a man-made procedure. It is obeying God's word. And in Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 to 12 says it's through Christ. That we are raised into a new life. That is through Christ that our sinful nature is circumcised. Because you trust the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. That is how we are born into God's family. John chapter 3 verse 5 through 7. What did Jesus say? How how, How do I enter the kingdom of God, Jesus? And Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. I didn't make this up. I wasn't trying to put this together. It was just kind of like, whoa, this is what the text is saying. If you want to be part of God's family... We have to obey the scriptures. That's right. The question is, have you been obeying the scriptures? Amen. Even Peter, right? The apostle Peter, right after Jesus. The birth of the new church, Acts 2.38 through 39. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Again, Our sins needs to be forgiven, needs to be cut away. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promises for you and your children for all who are far off. And for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is, again, scriptural to where, how can I be part of God's family? Very clearly stated that you must be born again. On January 1st, 2020... Denise was born again, reborn into Christ. She was born into a new family. It was a a, a party. It was a celebration. It built up. But how did she get there? How did she get there? Did she just start attending the church? Did she just start on her own, start reading the Bible on her own, go, you know what? I need to do this. No, it it was intentional. God opened her heart. 
through her daughter. And her daughter like, hey, I became a Christian. Mom, you got to study the Bible. You got to look at the scriptures. And what does it look like to follow Jesus and be a disciple of Jesus? Mom, she read the scriptures. What did she do? She was obedient to the scriptures. She goes, I want to be part of this. But she realized that all along, going to church, believing God, she has not been completely obedient to the scriptures. And when she saw this, she goes, this is the plan of salvation. Who? She wanted to get baptized right away. She goes, when can I get baptized? She was eager. When can I be added to God's family? Because she saw God's word speaking to her. It's not about men. It's not about a membership. It's not about another doctrine. It's obeying what God has laid before us. It's not just attending church here. We belong to God's family. We, we are born into God's family. Amen? Amen. Point number two. Point number one. That was my intro. Point number one. Being born in God's family, God expects us to clean up. God expects us to clean up. Right? It says, like newborn babies. There's spit-ups. There's dirty diapers. You poop on yourself. God says, I want you to clean up. Hopefully that translated well with the Latin ministry. But, you know, dirty diapers, okay? But what are the dirty diapers in our lives? What are the filthy things that we bring into the church? He says, rid of, clean sweep. When you participate, when you join a family, there's an expectation. Hey, you need to clean up. You know, in our family, we're constantly saying, clean up, clean up, clean up. We're cleaning up, we're cleaning up. Because why? Because there, there's dirty stuff that happens. It says here, it says, so, in, in the NS, uh, MSG, MSG, yeah, MSG, which is the message translation. So, so clean house. Make clean sweep of malice, pretense, envy, Hurtful talk. You had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. God says, you need to clean this up. Why? Why do we need to get rid of malice? Why do we need to get rid of jealousy? Why do we need to get rid of slander? Because these are not just outward sin, but it's inward. It's within us. It's character. It's been built in since we were little. And this sin can destroy God's family. It can. And God's like, you need to get rid of this. You need to clean it. You need to sweep it. You need to do whatever it takes. But you, you can't have this in your heart. Why? It's important because... It says here that malice, malice is thinking evil thought about somebody. Just like right now, I don't know what you're thinking about me, right? I hope Alan shuts up. 
I hope he gets a cramp, right? So he can stop. But those are evil, malice thoughts. And we, as Christians, we want to go, I don't want to do anything bad to someone, but man, I'm thinking of some stuff right now. Right? If someone does you wrong, I hope you trip and you hurt yourself. I've done it. Especially when someone ticks me off. In the back of my mind, I'm like, ooh, right now, if I could... You lucky I'm a Christian. You lucky because I'm about to throw a roundhouse kick. But that is malice. That is in our heart. That is our character. That's deep inside of... God says, rid of it. Rid of it in this family. Get open. It says, rid of... Of hypocrisy. That's real. We could be hypocrites. We could look, we could dress up one day and look good in church and then go home and act a certain way. And man, with our family members, they're looking at us, wait a minute. You are loving and graceful and forgiving and, and just gentle with the brothers and sisters in church, but what about me? All of a sudden, you know, you're snappy and neck rolling around, eyes, you know. Where's grace? Where's love? Where's compassion? Where's the Holy Spirit here? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Envy. Why? Why is envy? Why can, what can it do to hurt our church? We could look at each other and go, I'm better than you. Why? Why are you up there? You're not a great speaker. I, I've been there. I've been there. I've told ministers, you're not a very good preacher. I have. It humbled me. And the brother was like, he was so humble. He's like, amen. That's all he said. Amen, bro. And following week, he brought it. I was convicted. I was sweating. I was like, oh, man, that was so dumb of me. But envy. We envy one another. We think we're better than each other, right? We compare with one another, and that's when we struggle with envy. We envy one another because maybe this person is, I don't know, well, that's jealousy. He, she likes each other, but, but envy can cripple our church. Slander of every kind. Slander is... Again, poison to our church. That we can frame it in such a way, well, I want to get input from you. Let me get input and share about this person. So I can, but all along, you're venting how you feel towards that brother or your sister. Creating an image of that brother or sister to this person that you're, let me get advice. But in reality... You're slandering. See, slander can be divisive, can create separation within the ministry, within your small groups, within your, your, your ministry, within your Bible talk, within your household. We could slander one another. And God says, hey, you're part of my family, and you need to sweep this up. You need to get rid of this filth. Like newborn babies, how do, we, how do we resolve that? He says, crave spiritual milk. Yeah. 
Let God's word disciple you. Let God's word impact your heart. Open up the word and let it disciple you. Amen? Like I said, these are character, simple character that's embedded into our heart. It's not something that's outward, like sexual morality, like uh, stealing, like lying, like things that are outward. It's inside. It's inside. It's, it's, it's our character, and we need to get open. We need to get... We need to start cleaning things out and confessing. That's why it's important for discipling relationship. We need that. We need discipling relationship. Christianity is not about being a lone ranger. It's not solo Christianity. We're a community here. And we need to get open. We're sinful. We have sins in our lives. None of us. We're like, we're still babies, and we're still making a mess. We're still spitting up. We're still pooping in our diapers, and we need people to help us be cleaned up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sorry for that analogy, but it goes along with being newborns. He says, crave and drink deep in God's word. This isn't just for babies, but it's also for older Christians. It is. He says, for newborn babies, but I believe that we need to continue to drink deep into God's word. How's your spiritual diet this morning? What's your portion? You know, in the past eight days, I've been in this diet. I'm trying to lose weight like I shared. And I'm using this app called Noom. And it walks me through being intentional with what I'm eating. One thing I realized about myself is I'm a, a, a what's called a fog eater. Yes, not a frog, a fog eater. <laughs> Meaning, I just blindly, mindlessly eat whatever I see. I'm not even thinking. What calories, if it's good for me, it just, as long as it looks good, I'll eat it, right? And, and here, I found that this app has helped me to really think clearly. To go, wow, I, I have been in this, just this diet, of seafood diet. I just see whatever and I eat it. And this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm scared for myself. At 50, at 50, I'm like, man, possibly possible high blood pressure, heart attack. I have friends that's had... You know, heart attacks, um, uh, what do you call it, stroke, less than 50. And I'm going, am I, am I being watchful with myself? So now this app is teaching me how to work out intentionally. But my question for you is, how's your spiritual diet? Is it 10% of the word and 90% of other things? Of other Christian resources, like, oh, I, I listen to Christian resources, I listen to podcasts, I, I read books, but is it 10% of God's word and 90% of other things? See, that's backwards. We need to make it 90% of 100% of God's word. And the other things is just, I don't know, enhancements, right? It's, it's, it's sprinkles, but it's not your core meal. What do you crave for? 
What do you crave for? For me, I realize that, man, as I'm in this diet, woo, I've had to say no to a bunch of sweets. I had to say no. I've been saying no. And get this. I've been saying no to rice. rice. Oh. No to rice. Oh. Yes, that's called repentance right there. And man, I, I've been eating quinoa, and it's been good. But what do you crave for? Do you crave for God's word? Are you full? Or are you looking for something else to satisfy you? Are you looking for something else? Does God's word fill you up in the morning or in the afternoon? Do you meditate in God's word and go, man, I love God's word and it's helping me so much. See, when we, when we just listen to other things and listen to media, whatever it may be, we, we lose our appetite. We no longer crave for that pure spiritual milk to drink deep. And you wonder why your physical, spiritual shape is where it's at. See, I wonder why. I'm like, how did I get here? Why do I look like Oompa Loompa now? <laughs> it's because I have not been watching my diet. I've just been grazing and eating and mindless. And we can be that way with our relationship with God. We could be fog eaters, spiritual fog eaters. We're like, well, let me just look at this pop-up devotional here. Let me listen to this. Let me, the latest teaching. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you spend, you don't spend time with God. Not just reading, meditating, chewing, chewing, chewing. So we got to chew on God's word. Not just like gulp it up and go, oh, I'm done. No, chew it. Meditate. Pray. What does this mean to me? How does this apply to me? What does God do? God, help me understand your word. I don't want to understand it. And you spend and wrestle in the text. Or do you just, well, I read this chapter. I read this chapter. You walk away and go, what did I just read? That is called spiritual fog eating. Mindless. And you ask yourself, why am I not growing spiritually? Why am I a preemie baby? Why am I stuck in this, this, this body like this? It's because we have not been watching our spiritual diet. Amen. We've been eating a bunch of junk food. Amen? How's your spiritual growth? Can people say that you are growing? Can people that's close to you go, man, you, you have been transformed. You are changing. You're changing in this area. You're loving. Man, you, you're patient with your kids. Oh, my goodness. How do you do that? If you would have seen me a month ago, blowing up, explosive attitude. But it's because of God's word that's been training me into righteousness. Not just in God's word. Who do you spend time with? Who are your physical, spiritual buddies? Do you have spiritual buddies to coach you? This app coaches me. This person pops up. How are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. How's your eating habits? I'm doing great. My workout. Hey, are you working out? Reminding me. You said you're going to work out three times a week. Have you been doing it? 
Oh, okay, let me work out. Do you have spiritual buddies to help you in the Word of God? In your walk with God? Or are you just doing it on your own? And wondering, why am I not growing? Why am I spiritually immature? Why do I continue to give in to the same sin over and over and over? And oh my goodness, nothing's changed. I must be, what is it? When you continue to do something over and over? Insane. Insane. Yes. Expecting a different result, doing the same thing over and over, and you haven't changed a thing. And you wonder, why am I still here? It's because maybe you're not diving into God's word and chewing it. Maybe you don't have people in your lives to help you, to grow, to call you, call you higher, to challenge you, to change your spiritual, spiritual makeup. See, we want to be like Jesus, but we're not doing anything about it. You have this image, but you're still doing the same thing. I have an image of what I want to look like on March 21st, 2020. I want to be... Tone and fit, and I want to be 155 again. I want to be able to wear size 31. That's what I wrote down. My goal here is I want to wear size 31, not approaching size 34 anymore. <laughs> that I'm not approaching extra large on my wetsuit. I'm, I look like a seal in my wetsuit now. <laughs> I do. I put it on my like, My kids like, oh, dad, oh. <laughs> we were at. We were in San Diego. They thought I was one of the seals. The only thing different was I, wear something, I was wearing something colorful. It wasn't black. My kids were like, Dad, you need to lose some weight, buddy. I was convicted. But I didn't want to change. I didn't want to change my habit. I was comfortable. See, someone could point out things in your life. And you could feel convicted, but people can't make you change. The beauty about God's creation with humanity, he gave us free will. He gave us free will, and it's your choice. It's your choice to go, I want to change. I want to be different. I want to love God. I want to worship God. And God's like, okay, great. I'm not going to force you. I presented everything, I provided everything, now it's your turn. How's your spiritual growth? Can people say that you're growing and you're different? You are part of God's family. We must clean up and crave God's word to grow up in Christ. Being born into God's family, point number two, it's a great honor and and with great purpose. It says in verse 4 to 10, let me find it. You are coming to Christ, who is the living stone of God's temple. He has rejected, he was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. He said, it was great honor. God said, I selected Jesus to be the cornerstone and is with great honor. And you are part of that. What more you 
are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifice that pleases God. As the scripture says, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be, says disgrace, but will never be put to shame. Yes, you who, put, who trust in him, recognize the honor God has given, given him. But for those who have rejected him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. He is a stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. So they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are people of God. Once you receive no mercy, now you receive God's mercy. It's with great honor, it's with great purpose that we get to participate with Jesus. Jesus chose, God chose Jesus as a living cornerstone with great honor. And we're part of that because we are part of God's family. Because you have come to Christ and trust him as chief cornerstone for your life. He says there's no shame. There's no shame Amen. that you are part of God's family. And it's no shame because of Jesus. Let that sink in. Amen. That we are part of this amazing, amazing, it's royalty. Do you understand that you are royalty? You're royalty. Not of this earth, but of heaven for eternity. That God chose you to be royal, to be part of his plan. And said, there's no shame, but only honor through Christ. Is it an honor to be part of God's family for you? Do you feel honored? You know, royalty, you just kind of walk around, right? Prince Henry and Harry, whoever they are, they walk around with a certain... Demeanor about them, royalty. I'm royal. Do you, do you feel that way? As God's son, as God's daughter, as God's royal family, do you feel about, like, when you get up, like, wow, I'm royalty. Is it an honor to share about God? Or is, are there hints of shame when you talk about God, when you share about the Bible? Like when people see you and go, hey, what are you reading? Uh, is there a bit of shame there, a hint of shame? See, royalty, when they believe that they're part of something amazing and important of royalty, go, no, let me share this. You walk around feeling like, man, I feel good about myself. 
Imagine if you were selected to be part of the royal family. What would you do? Oh, you know, your, your friends are like, hey, what are you doing nowadays? Oh, well, um, you know, I'm just... No, you're like, I'm part of the royal family. I was selected by King, Queen Elizabeth. They selected me. What an honor. What a privilege. Me? Me? That's how we should feel about God. When you were baptized into Christ. Me? Me, God? That you selected me to be part of your holy temple? You selected me to be a royal priesthood? A royal priesthood to, to be an ambassador for my community? Me? What? To sacrifice for people? To speak in behalf of you? Me, God? Is it an honor or is it... Well, let me... Mm, timid and shameful. And you got to ask yourself, Why? Yeah, spoilers. You need to examine and ask yourself this question. Do I believe that Jesus is the cornerstone and that I'm part of this spiritual house that's being built? Do I believe in God's word, that this very word that I'm, I'm hearing right now, do I believe I'm part of that? So why don't you obey God's word? Why aren't you excited to share the good news about God? It's maybe, just like what the text says, that Jesus is that rock, that cornerstone that caused many to fall because of their lack of belief. See, we could be here in this church and we could say, Amen, Amen, I agree. But do you really believe it? Do you really believe that you are part of God's family, that you were baptized into Christ and you were added into the kingdom of God, that you have eternal salvation, that your sins have been washed away? Do you believe that? If you believe it, you act it. You are it. See, God gave us a free will. He's not forcing us, but God is calling us to be, to be with him, to be the spiritual house, to be the possession that God wanted us. He's not forcing us. You have to want it. You have to be. And do you really want it? Like I said, to be a holy priest, to serve the living God, the God Almighty that created heaven and earth. And this is a big deal. To be a special possession, a holy nation used for a special purpose. Amen. To be the one to share about God's great mercy, his kindness, his wonderful light, the before and after picture. Your testimony, what you were like before and what you are now. This is a, a snapshot, an image of what true repentance looks like. And God wants you to be that.
being God's family, you have great honor and purpose. Brothers and sisters, you are born into a new family. It calls you to continue to clean out your spiritual house. God continues to call us to crave for God and to drink deep into his word so you can become mature, be spiritual, and being godly. You are born into a spiritual family with foundation of honor with a great purpose. To close us out, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. It says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents, as aliens, as strangers and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior, your good behavior your godly behavior, they will give honor to God when he judges the world. See, we are meant to, with our lives, our new lives, to honor God. We are meant to live honorable lives, our royal priestly lives. And we are meant to give honor to God, to God be the glory. Let's be this way in South Pennsylvania. Amen. Amen. Amen.